0: Hello, Felicius. But that's okay. That's okay. You never know. So welcome to Series 4, Global Women's Voice. And our topic today is how to thrive genuinely online and offline. And I'm going to start with a little video that I created giving a bit of an overview of some of the little snippets that we have had over the past four series. If I
1: can just say for the people who are here and the people who are going to watch the replay, I love it because there's no other agenda. I love there are so many networking groups and so many podcasts, and so many things that I've been doing, um, but there's there's an agenda, and I love this because there's, there's no agenda apart from connecting people, open-hearted conversation. have problem with something called the westernization, but we have that problem in Africa. The way we were brought up and the way culture and the way things were placed on the table, it sort of placed um, English as an important language
2: than
0: our other language. That was a very, very good point that uh, Rosemary made that their tribes feel less than English. I have
3: learned a lot listening to all of you today, Di, and thanks for inviting me here, guys.
1: I'm actually really emotional being here, listening to all of you, because I've been disconnected from myself, from all of the outside forces, and I've taken it out of my husband. And we have
0: different schedules. I'm really grateful to be here and thank you all very much. You no, know, there's so many people that have come on, on at different stages on the Global Women's Voice, and this is Series th- 4, it's Session 3, that have taken away varying tips, tricks, tactics, online, offline, business, personal strategies, food distinctions, exercise distinctions, that um, it's been a quite an amazing journey. So it'll be interesting to see where we go next year. So let me continue to introduce our course speakers. But before I do that, our next session is actually, instead of being in two weeks' time, it's actually going to be next Thursday at exactly the same time. And it, we have a lady from New York. She's actually a musician that is going to be coming to speak with us and Kelly Alfaro who is a psychologist and we'll be talking about emotional resilience and I think all of us would agree that we have to have emotional resilience in this day and age and in this environment that we live in right now because people are scared and people are very opinionated and they're very quick to share that opinion based on what other people are saying, but also the fear that um, is happening on the planet right now. So this is Kelly, and Kelly actually has just released her first book, which is amazing. I emceed her book launch about three weeks ago. So if you do, um, if you are interested in transforming your your mind, this is a beautiful book for you to go and grab from Amazon. Kelly is speaking next week. At the moment, she's traveling back from the South of our state from having a total switch off from everything for the last week. And then we have Dr. Hilda Maldonado. She is one of our core speakers. She spoke um, maybe last week, last session, I think when, when I was in Kalgoorlie and Dr. Hilda Maldonado usually speaks on topics angling to, of course, thyroid, losing weight, and the tips that she has, not only from a medical experience, but also her life experience. Regina Paula, we are expecting for her to come on today. And her angle would be from being genuine online and offline from a small business point of view, who is very different perspective from where Felicius, our guest speaker, who I'm going to introduce in a moment to you. Uh, Rosemary, you heard on that little clip just there, lives in just down in Mombasa in Kenya. And she's been a core cool speaker now for this whole series and such a warm and also very different perspective, as you just heard just there, is that sometimes we don't think about tribal language being overrun and how that affects being overrun by the English language, but also then how that affects their self-esteem. And then Hema Vice is from London. Hema is a psychologist as well. And she speaks about things from the heart. And she she runs retreats. She runs meditations. And she works in corporate arena around heartfelt leadership. And here I am. Um, I'm a small business person. I run uh, my, my core business is event production. And I run programs and courses to help people to become ultimately independent and have a higher degree of clarity than what they maybe even thought was possible. So our special guest today, Felicia Ong, who lives in LA, really want to welcome you here, Felicius. And can you introduce yourself and can you give us your background, where you work, and Maybe we can kick it it off with you to say how can you give us some distinctions from what you do and what you'd like to do to
1: be able to thrive genuinely online and offline. Welcome, Felicis. Absolutely. Thank you, Dai, for inviting. And it's my honour to be here with you and the audience. Um, I'm a consultant for, for a private agency, but I serve public clients, uh, clients in the public sector. So in my background, I have been in airline, cruise line, and now I'm in construction lines. But mostly my, my core responsibilities or my a distinction with the company is to transform the business from a very manual processes, streamline their processes and take them from uh, the manual way of doing uh, business to digital. So in the past with the airline, it's where we transition them from paper ticket to e-ticket. And then you're able to book your ticket online. And at the time I was so uh, honored to be part of a team to launch a new fully community airline, fully using uh, online operations that we booked the ticket online. And then I was opportunity enough to Uh, become a corporate trainer, not only to implement system, but also train the staff how to use and also provide quality assurance and leadership training around the globe for the airline as well as the cruise line when I moved to United States. So originally, I am actually from Malaysia. I'm so fortunate enough to have been exposed to around the world and get to know different culture from the local and that is where I love to do that being able to visit every other places and rather having a work I would consider it as a work vacation, work and vacation at the same time and enjoy fully what I do in as a digital strategy consultant can
0: I ask you something can you tell us uh, what are some of the comments that people have told you once they have completed, say, a project of going to from manual ticketing to e-ticketing? Did, were you able to see the differences in people's attitudes, um, in how they saw themselves, how they did their work, how they liked their work? Can you explain some of that to us?
1: So there are uh, a few different kind of uh, responses. Some already used to the paper ticket. They will find it very hard to, I don't have a printer. I want to have the feel of the paper ticket. And then eventually when we introduce mobile check-in, you will have all your boarding passes on your mobile phone. It just become a series of change management just from people's mindset to operational and process. And it's always connect about people how they are receptive to the the change that comes to them so there any of the operations will have multiple um, choices you can still have your ticket because it's a transition a period you can still have a paper ticket and fully it takes a period of time to get people used to getting to the fully digital uh, mobile check-in mobile boarding passes so
0: and and what I'm just going to change to stop the share so that we can see who's speaking much bigger but um who who um when because I'm assuming you work with the the company say you say you're going to be working with Qantas because that's the airline that comes to mind for me in Australia and they weren't in um you know they didn't have an automatic ticket system Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Um, what are some of the comments that you've heard along the way while these people are putting in these new processes to make it Um, automated ultimately it's going to be easier and quicker but obviously there's some objections along the way what are some of those objections that you've heard
1: some objections will be like um i need to think back like 10 10 years ago 10 to 15 years ago how how was the response for them uh, some of the 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 main reasons i don't have a printer to print my own ticket why couldn't you provide me a paper ticket um, why do I have to print my own ticket? That's a resistance from a consumer. Mm. From a operating standpoint is, yeah, what if the internet doesn't work and we still need a paper ticket? Because it used to be like a four-pages paper booklet for the ticket. And then it becomes solely printable one page from, from email or from the website. And then we get to the, 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 the time that, people are okay to print out if they don't have a printer you can go to you can still go to the airport and and mm. check in with your reference provided the e-ticket number or the record that you have um, and then when we change to the mobile check-in and boarding pass there's another story oh. <laughs> of the of the um objection Because
0: I ask you because um, my mum was telling me a story the other day that she didn't have a driver's Mm licence. And I had this similar experience a year ago that I didn't have a driver's licence. And the reason Mm -hmm. that I don't have a driver's licence is now we actually don't get a notification in the mail of your driver's licence is going to expire. You have to, it's like your licenses, you know, your um, car licenses. You don't get a, 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 a anything paper in the mail. And so you, you have to be aware of when these things are going to expire. And so I I was driving around for however long without a driver's license. Yeah. And so what I had to do, oh, and for me also, I had the problem is that I smiled in my driver's license ticket and they don't allow that any longer. You have to have your mouth closed. Oh. right so I had two things going on I, I my my driver's license had lapsed they couldn't automatically renew it because I had a smile on which meant that I had to go and have a new photograph so this a lot and so my mum had the same thing my mum's in her 80s this was a big drama for her to be have to go to the police station wait in line get a ticket wait in line go to the booth wait in line get the photo go over here da, 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 and then have a piece of paper that she has to carry around. Then she got another piece of paper as a receipt that she paid. It was a big, laborious thing. In your area of expertise, can you give us uh, some of the experience that you have now? No, even if it was, even if the experience is from not 10 years ago, but can you tell us if you were to go into something like the West Australian police department and Mm -hmm. you were to take that, systemized hard copy what would be some of those attitudinal you know comments that you would be hearing from these people having to put in these processes yes people wouldn't have a printer but what are the underlying attitudes that you get to hear from people about this is not going to work this is t- going to be too hard people elderly people won't be able to do it no and then how do you deal with that because I think this is what we're really talking about is if you are working with a corporation, you want, pe- you want people to be able to um, be able to have the smoothest transition as possible. So surely you have to address
1: their personality styles, their working styles, their attitudes. Absolutely. I think that's come to the place where um, I can relate the current example because my client is in the public sector. A lot of processes are manual. And it used to be people comes to the counter and accept all the applications, just as, as you, you were experiencing the for the car license as well. It, it's just a different kind of a, an application, like a permit for development. So people will come and submit their paperwork and speak to a consultant or speak to an engineer for any matters. But because of the, the whole pandemic situation, the, the, the offices are closed to the public, so everything has to go online. It's either you email, you call, or you mail in your application. So most of the time, during this time, we call it also a transition period to how we handle um, resistance, but because there is no choice that you would not have a physical face-to-face interaction. So mostly we would do is to have a phone conversation to start because there are a lot of questions we need to address. So phone conversation has become more popular than just emailing or auto response from from whatever uh, request you submitted online. So for the offices, especially uh, for public services, a phone line is always there. People can always call in. So what are the people commenting that? They are appreciative at this time because there is a human that actually talked to them rather than going through a series of operator, like just be dialed into the bank or or any services. So they appreciate that. Even you say hello or direct me to a different department I should have gone to for my application that are, they actually, um, we receive a lot of um, good feedback during this time when people are actually on the phone with them.
0: So human contact and them knowing that this is a transitional period helps mm-hmm. to overcome their attitude and their
1: objections. Yes. Yes. And along the way, allow them to also understanding that digital platform is essential to submit all your... It's more like a combination of connecting and educating. So it will help the, the transition period from transforming from a manual process to a digital process.
0: Mm-hmm. And this was one of the points that I was going to make, and I'd like you to comment on this, is that um, I've just gone through a process in the last mm, two and a half months of rebranding. I brought in a communications branding expert and I also have, and this is my consulting training business, not my events business. Mm -hmm. And I also have people around the world that do specific tasks for me from videos to posting to graphics to different things. And over the years, the number one thing that keeps standing out is the people that have that can-do attitude and um, actually love what the outcome is going to be, Mm -hmm. are the people that are going to be able to come up with the creative ideas and the people that will help to motivate everybody else on the team and the people that will then be able to maybe even take different leadership roles. Is this the case because I'm a small business person? Yes, I work in corporate in my marketing hat on for my events business, but that's not my field in there. Is this the same case for you in your corporate area?
1: It is because yeah. not everybody or not every profession will be in the same department. Sometimes we have to reach out to different um, departments or even outsource to an experts agency or firm to help us to do certain kind of work uh, activities
0: because mm-hmm. yeah. one of the things that i wrote down this morning which has been highlighted just for me in the last two months is that when people actually um, are really clear on what that ultimate goal is and they can go through the steps of transition in the middle and the end that mm-hmm. they are able to make themselves available for those fast changes because sometimes we may be going in a direction but oh we've got a glitch just here so then mm-hmm. who Available to fix that glitch, change that glitch, bring up a new idea. Again, is that the same?
1: It's the same, and, and it is also a continuous process because the improvement improvement comes in even though you have already implemented whatever past strategies or operations or new transformation. There's always an ongoing process to maintaining and innovation comes in place when there's a new technology or a refinement improvement is along the way because most of the users are consumer and you will notice the behavior, whether this works for them or not. If it's not, then there will be a refining process.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then are you finding that how fast do those people pop up once you, once you go into a corporation and they're in their transition stage mm-hmm can you see the people that are going to pop up to be those leaders and those innovators right from the very beginning? Or do you have to wait for them to stand up so that you can you know, use them as bouncing boards to, to go to the next stage?
1: In terms of the uh, progress, development of certain individuals? Mm. Okay. Well, I think in today's environment, a lot of, uh, a lot of professionals are adapting in kind of agility- mindset that they can take on different creativity or roles, whichever works best from their expertise and how they can contribute back to the uh, company. And also in corporations, a lot of uh, the management are actually looking into assets that will provide creativity or ideas and also have the adaptability if you wanted to grow or develop yourself. So there is always room for development whether or not it's in your expertise or you want to try something new, the corporation would, um, most of the, I mean, I'm thankful enough to work with the corporation that look at the people as they are not just asset, but like a partner to grow with them. Mm
0: -hmm. And do you know, and maybe you don't speak to people about this level of their personal life, but do you know that those people are, you know, do do you have you had conversations? Do the people that actually do stand up and are the people that are innovative and creative and making themselves more more available? Do they have um, specific personal attributes that you can see that maybe come from what they do in their personal life and they're able to translate it straight into their business life?
1: Mm. I may not have much much uh, come close to to that individual. Mm um but there will still have some uh, people because we 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 never know how for example um i I come i work with a lot of uh, i.t uh, professions and even though they sit around at the table just doing their programming work but out of that some of them are really creative of bouncing in ideas and how we can it's it's like a startup environment how one ideas can become a product and that sparks the creativity and continuous uh, conversation. Even though during the daytime, he he or she, an engineer, will be sitting behind a table, computer, and coding all the time. And then during the break time, we have a conversation that you will see the creativity of certain individuals just come in place uh, when you start opening up and connecting with them. And sometimes you just need to talk to them. Yes. So know they're creative. You
0: just need to talk to them and ask them questions. Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah. And then people do open up. People do open up. Yes. Yes.
0: Because I really have a belief and it's more than a belief. It's like some statistical evidence from my own businesses. And then the people that I've worked with it, the people that are able to open up and have those open conversations, they do have those open conversations at home and they have had them. They haven't learned them in the corporation. They have come with them. Yeah, And then on top of that, so they've come with those skills. And then on top of that, those people have also done some level of personal development work. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, then they are also taking care of themselves. They take care of themselves in their food, their drink, their exercise and their mind, their thinking. Yes.
1: Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yes, I do. I really agree with that.
0: Yes. Because, um, you know, I wasn't brought up with conversations. I was sort of put in the side, you know, you are, um, heard, you are seen but not heard. But once I started to have to be independent, start to earn my own money as a young mother, I really had to up my game on how do I listen? How do I articulate myself? When do I sit back? When is it appropriate to, to suggest? Um, how to put across my ideas? And that's really a whole skill set yes yes that i think must be so important in an area like you where you are developing something new and you're having to overcome people's objections like right there on the spot because you want something done fast or something's not working so you need to change it or you need to have a conversation or there needs to be some sort of new direction developed
1: yeah and yeah. the communication is really a key component in in any professions uh, in a corporate world or non corporate world
0: Mm, yeah mm, mm. the other thing that I wanted to address because you are female and this is one thing that I've spoken to speak females for a long time and actually I found a photograph which I don't have right here but I found a photograph of one of my 30 years ago of one of my programs where I had um, young women around in a circle and we were talking about how they were presenting themselves and we're in a small country town there was maybe 30 of them And they came to this lesson for six weeks. And it was about how to present themselves, makeup, colors, skin tone, um, keywords that were important to them. So I was doing this, you know, been doing this for a long, long time. And one of the things that I always remember from those courses, and I did about, I don't know, 12, 13 of them, I suppose, over a couple of years, is that the girls that, we uh, were really willing to be able to have a different hairstyle, for instance, because we would bring in hairstylists, we would bring in clothes, we would bring the, the girls that were willing to be able to take off one appearance and put on another appearance were the girls that I now see being able to articulate themselves clearly, clearly and be able to be innovative. So I don't know what you, you know, think about that because, you know, it's about how we present ourselves Mm-hmm. shows how we take care of ourselves then shows what our what's important to us and then shows our ultimate attitude to life
1: yeah and how we carry ourselves as an individual and be still authentic to whether we are in a business or in a in a corporate world yes yes, yes. and so today's topic
0: is about how to be genuine and how to thrive genuinely online and offline do you see any differences when people are I mean, because you talked about coders, that people are actually working online. Mm -hmm. And when people are offline, you know, doing their task, you know, the concentration level the way that they hold themselves, the way, you know, because I see that a lot of people that are actually online are so focused on what they're doing, everything else just goes. They can't see what anybody else is doing. Whereas when people are working online, there's more offline, there's more an ability to have a conversation with people in that task or in that process. And so people that are more working longer hours online because that's their task and that's the, you know, they've got objectives to meet. They, it's harder for them to be able to develop those skills to be innovative. What do you? Because I hear that you say that um, in these conversations when they're finished or they're at a break that if you ask them they they are there and they can add creative and that's not necessarily what I've seen.
1: Mm-hmm. You mean in in the in the live uh, environment? Well, in in a in in your corporate environment because your corporate tea
0: place for instance where people have tea is very different to a small business tea place right it's a very different environment because you from what i see when i go into the corporate boardrooms or when i go into a corporate marketing meeting it's very hard to align yourself with the culture and the values of that corporation and so, people are tending to be more uh, perfect, more and from a point of view of comparing. Whereas, when I'm sitting in my business, or I'm sitting in somebody else's business, or I'm having a consult, people are a lot more relaxed, and because they're they're really shaped very quickly by the culture and the values that they are sitting in. So, what mm-hmm. is your thought of that?
1: So, I have a combination of two side of. Uh environment mm. one is very corporate driven and one is like a startup environment where everybody gel together and allow creativity and free of uh, bouncing ideas those are the startup environment that i i love actually it's, it's very, very much a small business it's very different yes. than a corporate letter where you have a red tape you have to go through different levels just to get your ideas up <laughs> or listen so they are different kind of online environment as well um In a startup world, everything is you focus on the task you are doing. But at the same time, your creativity are allowed to be posted somewhere in like a backlog or like a list of items so that anyone can uh, chime in and contribute ideas. And if, if it becomes more solidified, the management will say, hey, you know what? It's a good idea. Let's go for it. Because the startup environment allows them to do it. It sparks the creativity. It nurtures. Uh, how people can grow together that kind of uh, culture whereas in corporate there is also a lot of uh, layers different departments and a lot of uh, policies to follow it is harder and and often in corporate they the HR or the learning and development particularly put very a lot of effort on getting people together and open up but I wouldn't say that I'm not saying for anybody else, but that's what as an employee before I noticed that it's harder to get someone to open up unless you are very trustful with each other and you share the conversation. And in a startup environment, it's just a totally different game room.
0: It's totally different. And I think that this was one of the things that I know we're talking online, offline, but and both small business and corporate have both of those aspects. But I think, you know, the that the the culture, the environment, it's like, you know, how we bring our kids up in our home. It's like, what is the environment that you're bringing your kids up in? It's exactly the same. Yeah. And are you setting up some systems and some policies and procedures, even in your home that is not so written in the corporate world and very rarely are written in the small business that I think allows people to, you know, to grow and to be able to be innovative and I think the point here is that I see that that's why there's so many more people right now wanting to develop something that so they can be independent by themselves and maybe then employ one or two or three people but (laughs) be able to do something themselves on a small scale because they are not able they have to go through the hoops to be creative and innovative
1: right I, I fully agree in that too and people are start embracing the partnerships from multiple small businesses. That way to get things done easily. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm not saying easily, but more effectively in well, terms of making decisions.
0: Yes, and I think also more self-fulfilling. Yes. I think what 2020 has done is it's, it's um, shaped, reshaped people's thinking that the, what's really important to me now Mm-hmm. And people, ha- a lot of people have asked themselves. And those people, uh, first of all, I think, were the people that have done personal development on themselves because they already had some routines in place and they had some skills. And then there are there are the other people that had more time to just research. And hang out with people or different people or go on to different Zooms and do different programs. And so there's a lot more evolution out there around, okay, what could I really do so that I don't feel squashed in a corporate to develop this next e-ticket, for instance. Right. And I see that your position is very similar to someone like Hema, who I introduced before, is that she does corporate heartfelt leadership, but it's very invisible Whereas what you do is you do this on a level that's very heartfelt because you know that the connection is so important and you have processes to go from, we're going to be going from this manual process to this metaphysical, you know, e-ticket, for instance. Right. Process, yeah. So can I ask you, what is it that makes you able to set up these connection trigger points? Apart from you know morning tea and having 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 you know those those things that we all take for granted, what are some of the other things that you do that helps people to really be who they are in a corporation? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, in a corporations, um, I would often often ask, "What do you think about this?" And can I ask about your? Uh, opinion while sometimes or ideas you may uh, provide to improve this for example this piece of functionality or to improve this process i would love to hear from you i Mm -hmm. think gathering feedback is the start of the conversation because this is where they already you are we are engaging or, or engaging them for their feedback everyone likes to be asked for their opinion but when you talk about feedback they will really give you a genuine feedback how they think about the um the process, how they think from a consumer perspective, how would they want to see this happen or be improved or be refined. And this is where we spark the conversation of ideas and creativity to get. And then of course, I don't just ask, I would just I would also record it and say, this is so-and-so and he or she provide these very good ideas that we think that it might be useful um, that we can put it in place into a diff- next development yeah
0: so your key thing is to ask questions but ask specifically around the word of feedback rather than um you know what's your opinion
1: yeah what's your opinion everyone yeah. has an opinion but the feedback is that the word feedback is different because it, it entails of um a deeper conversation they will start Mm -hmm. thinking about from a user perspective and Mm -hmm. how it will benefit the people who are using it rather than themselves, what you think about it.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes, and you're giving them more direction. Yes, yeah,
1: Yeah. feedback is really good.
0: Yes, and is there anything else? Because that would be, for me, a really key. I use questions a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would use the word takeaways rather than feedback in my my arena with my hat on. Mm -hmm. Um, But what other things can you... can, do you know that you, and I also hear that you use recordings so that those people actually know that they are being captured. They're not, well, half being heard, half not being heard. You're just not going through a process.
1: Well, if they're open to it, otherwise I would just write down and then recap what he, he or she said mm. and provide it back to the, the team that has uh, have all the list of uh, ideas captured.
0: Mm. Yeah. What other What other tools and tricks do you have up your sleeve that helps this creativity, this innovation to happen?
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, We usually use utilize software to help us to organize all the ideas and creativity because in in the development world, there are designers, there are developers, there are analysts, and people work tend to work from. Their brain tends to work from different, from right to side, left, left to right. So whenever you have an idea to put up in a, let's say, in a whiteboard, it, if it's not a software, then you have a whiteboard, and people can start putting up a sticky notes or putting in what did they think from their their perspective, and then have it like a scattered sticky notes around the idea, and one of them will be solidify. What can this translate into a development?
2: Mm-hmm. How
1: can this translate into a product? so there are a lot of uh, very simple tools even just a mind map mind mapping software you can use it but because we want to encourage the physical well before the lockdown physical uh, exercise we will use utilize just a sticky notes different color different marker color those sparks uh, creativity
0: so so far what i hear you saying is that you use specific questions Mm-hmm. and then you write that down or record it depending on them so that it can go to the team, to the big picture. And yes. then there may be some sort of process around mind mapping, whether it be software or whether it be on a whiteboard.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. And that shows that people are actually included in this whole big picture. Yes. Yes. Then yes. what other things do you think, can you see that you do in this process to help the spark happen? to correct things if they're not working or to put in something new
1: um, Test we do tests and uh, tests and arrow so if something doesn't work we don't continue to do it or if something work and we still want if, if something doesn't work and we still want that functionality for example in software development if still if we, if that doesn't work but we still want the feature is there an alternative approach? So there's a lot of ways to, maybe uh, in layman terms, to work around. How do we work around to achieve the outcome? Mm -hmm. And as long as we have the outcome in mind, and we can do different ways or different approach to get to the outcome. So I think it's also um, tied back to what you originally said in the start of a conversation where people are driven by the result and the outcome and how along the way you want to achieve that is through different approaches. Mm. And if approach A doesn't work, let's try approach B. Or it could be a hybrid of A and B to get to the output. Yes. And so then my
0: question is, which is where I was going with these questions, and you may have another step in here, but my question is now is how do you keep the outcome in people's minds? Because some of these projects would take a year, two years and everybody goes home, or is at work, goes home, has stuff happen, gets into dramas, have dramas at home, change, you know, have different thoughts, life happens. You know, how, what tool do you use or what do you put in place where these people are really clear on the outcome all
1: the way through? Okay. So in a project, let's say, make, uh, put it as an example of a project, that the project always have a vision, objective, and the goal. So it's perfectly laid out in a vision and what is the bigger picture and why do we do this and what is the objective we, ha- we need to have this done within this timeframe. So it depends on um, any approach that you're using in project management, for example, get into technical.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: if you're agile, you can do it in a agile, agile way that you go pros- um, one small piece but one, one at a time. As long as you achieve the result the outcome, and then building them into a bigger bigger project. So that is often often used by a lot of agile team in this it is in this world now because they embrace the change so much and you have to adapt it um, quickly. It is called an adaptable uh, approach as well agile or adaptable approach. Mm-hmm. So every little piece add up together become a bigger project, and that way it ties to. Um, even though you have defined the vision, the objective, but any single little things, you have the clarity to tie tie it back up to your goal. So I think that's very important for uh, any aspect from the business point of view. Yes,
0: And like for me, when I'm doing like a large event and it could be so many thousands of dollars an event, and has to be bumped in, has to be installed on this day and it's going to take a year to get to that. I have what I would call, you know, they're, they're KPIs really, but I would just call them what our mini stages are. Do you? What's your language around that? Because, you know, it all needs to be stepped through so people can actually see the little
1: pictures all the way through. What, what's your language for that? In, in development point of view, it's milestone or the gate. Mm-hmm. So in business aspect, aspects, um, KPI is one and the goal is one, one as well. Mm-hmm. So it, they, they all mean the similar things. That to achieve certain outcome. Yes, and then because continue. I find, beg your pardon, uh, and then continue from there.
0: <laughs> yes, because I find it fascinating how we as human beings <laughs> confuse people with all these different words. That especially coming from a small business, you know, I don't like to use the word KPIs because it is very corporate. Yeah, but corporate like to use KPIs because it's corporate and not small business. And so when people go into small business and I see this a lot in event management, they've come from a big corporation. They've maybe done some level of event production or management or whatever their, whatever their roles were in corporation. And they come to a small business and they come to somebody like us and they want X done and they use a lot of corporate jargon and they are talking to our guys who are, they're they're not, they're, they're people that use hammers and drills and they're, they're not academic. And so it just goes straight over their head. And so I think the language that you use, and this is where I said somewhere in the conversation, is that I have had to learn how to not be typically Australian mm-hmm. and how can I use really common words so that I'm speaking to a five-year-old, but not down to a five-year-old, but speaking five-year-old language so that everybody can understand what I'm saying. And it's actually a, it's a skill. What's what's your thought about that? Because I think that the language that you use, if you are successful in what you do, you must be skilled at the language that you use to get people from the beginning to the end.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that's important what you just lay out because we also um, we ultimately we want to serve the people that we serve, which is not in the corporation. It's the people who really use the product, yes. the end user or the customer. So we need to always put in their shoes of understanding what communication message that we send out, how we convey to them. So for example, what you're asking about what termino- terminology we use, I would use only vision and goal because that's a uh, simple terms. It can be in technology, it can be construction, it can be anywhere. Goal is a goal and yes. outcome or a result. It's, it's one word. So it, as layman as possible that we can do, and of course we are serving uh, internationally as well. So different parts of the world have different um terminology to use. And although they all mean the same, but they they use it differently. Mm. And just as you say, an environment is important, like KPI use often used in the corporate and in the small business we don't. So using the, as layman term as possible, like how you and me we, we can understand or even the children can understand.
0: Yes. Yes, and I think that that's one of the key important elements when we're trying to or when we're put in a position or we put ourselves in a position that we want to get people from here to here. Yes. Yes? Yes. Yes. So let's recap on what we've just talked about, shall we? Um, welcome, Yela. But let's recap on what we've just talked about in that we have um, I've written down some of the things here. Because I think that what we've spoken about really is a pathway for people to be authentic, genuine, to take people from, you know, A to B, right? That's what we've talked about today. Yes. On a very different level than somebody like Hema would talk about, which she would talk about being able to articulate herself from a very heartful space.
4: Mm -hmm.
0: And that would be her area. But you actually want people to do something to go from A to B. Yes, very straightforward. Yes. So can you now give us an overview of your steps that you now know that, um, or the steps that you come off the top of your head as to what are the main aspects that you know you have to put into place to get people from A to B to put in something, you know, to systemize something, often going to like an e-ticket as an example?
1: Right. For example, um, first we need to know what is the result we want to achieve, the Mm -hmm. goal. that that actually works backwards from the result, the goal, and then come to the process and how we start the game or how we start putting the the requirements together. So I would say, um, I know that I have a goal to achieve. I want my own, for example, put it in a small business perspective. I want to have a profitable uh, business with my brands out there. So that's my goal. And then, Moving backwards, since I talk about brand, I should start start thinking about how do I position myself in the environment or to the market? Do I find out my clarity, um, my niche, and who are the people that I serve? Because I need to speak the language. I need to f- gather the characteristic of my target market. This way I get to convey the message, um, present myself, so that they can understand, or I can understand them in terms of the product and offer that individual or business is offering. So that is very important because otherwise, if you are selling, for example, you're selling a microphone to uh, a construction company, that's, yeah, um, the the, the bigger amplifier might be work for them, but not the microphone that we use for the computer. So it has to be, product or services that you are serving the people you want to serve or selling the product to, or they invest in your process. So that's where you present your uh, message to your niche market. Or some of them, they call it avatar. There are a lot of terms in, in 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 the market, too a many. A lot of terms. And I think yeah.
0: there are too many and people do get confused.
1: Yeah. So that literally means the same, but uh, just remember, the people you want to serve mm. is... It's the market, it's the niche that you want to provide your your benefits to. And then from branding itself, which is positioning to presenting presenting your offer, your product in a way that is they understand you and you understand their needs. Sometimes it's important to sell, the, not to say sell, to offer something that is fitting their needs rather than I just want to offer you this. You want it or not? <laughs> it's a different dynamic. Um, we are serving their needs, not they taking the needs from ours. and the third one will be um, profitable when you combine your branding, you have your right market, you have your right offering, and this is where the business would start profiting mm-hmm. yeah so uh, what
0: i've what I've heard that we because you've taken a very different angle to what yeah. what. Which is fascinating and I love it. And so what I've heard that you have shared with us is that you would set up the goals, KPIs, outcomes, whatever it is, and then you would start to put in the milestones, the stepping stones, the stages, so that people can actually see that. And then you put in processes using terminology and questions and specific um, inclusion questions so that people can actually start to um, not only feel included but they feel safe to include to be included to share their ideas and then keep monitoring those milestones to get to the ultimate goal mm-hmm. like if we're doing something that's green that's evergreen
1: yeah and, and you can always refine a process in within.
0: Oh, yes. Yes. And that's part of when you set up your goal.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I just
0: I just found it fascinating that you took a very different approach to thinking, OK, what did we just talk about in this? Which I think then sh- it showed up your um our differences in how we work, like you said, there's you know the design, there's desi- dev- designers, there's developers, there's whoever they are, the different types, and that shows up our thinking and how can we get these people to work together. But then, how can we use a very similar process in the meetings, in the brainstorms, so that it actually works for everybody? Mm-hmm. And as you said right at the very beginning, the communication is core to be yes. able to get from the beginning to the end. Yes.
1: And that's also a, a foundation to gain the trust of the team too. Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah. To continue once you go. Yes. yes. Does anybody, uh, do you have anything else to say before we um, ask who uh, Victor and Mila are here, before we ask them any questions? No. No? I'll put a question. No?
1: Yeah.
0: Victor, do you have a question to Mila, um, to um, Felicius or Mila, do you have a question? I know you've only just come in and you've mixed, missed you missed everything. <laughs> you just missed like the, the bits and pieces that we came to this summary. But do either of you have any questions and you can unmute yourselves or any comments?
3: Yeah, the first thing I was really amazed about was that, um, you know, you're working with corporate, right? And so with corporate, you've, they've got board members and that type of thing. Um, I would have thought that with all those people in the room, that you wouldn't have to sell them on what you're doing. I would have thought that they would automatically be wanting to, um, you know, revolutionise their business, you know, making it streamlined. And they'd be looking at all this. I, I, I was amazed that you were saying that there's so many out there that, you um, with those managers, they still want the old paper. So the, you know, the head people are running it, uh, they're really holding back a lot of businesses. Do you see that?
1: In some businesses, yes, we still see there's a holdback um, based on management level. And in different parts of the business, there's also where people are more open to ideas, more open to uh, change, embracing the change, more adaptive than the other side of the management, yeah, and and there's also a media part of uh, there are pro- professional that works in the media part to integrate both sides of the world, <laughs> which is the co- very corporate um, uh, management, and then the people who are working so agile and so adapt to the approach. It they they, they call it a, a hybrid project manager or integration manager, and they have all those kind of different name just to bring both sides of the uh, equation together to achieve the same goal, ultimately it's profitable for the business and um, take care of the customer.
3: I've just seen that um, I've gone around and spoken to a lot of um, owners who are running smaller restaurants and takeaway shops and that type of thing, and the resentment to change is massive. I've (laughs) been very surprised and I, and I keep getting the um, some of the feedback is that, you know, they're doing it like their father. They're doing it like their grandfather. You know, they just work on word of mouth. Um, they stand there and wait for customers to walk in the door. And they think that everyone is going to tell everyone else how good their product is. And that's how they do it. And that's how it's going to stay. Um, which really surprised me, and that was the majority of businesses with that type of attitude. Um, and and I guess that relates back to what you were saying, Di, about those group of women that you had way back, and you said the ones who, who were prepared to put on the new dress and change their hair, you know you saw them differently in the in the future. Um, well,
0: they were the ones that were able to reinvent themselves. yeah. And that was my point and my question and my purpose for my question to Felicius is, you know, are there conversations and that she's heard personally, do, do, uh, are these people coming into the workplace already with a good attitude and with the ability to have some conversational skills? Because I think that, that being able to come in with that really just changes the environment. Yeah. You don't, you're not coming up with those objections and so then the process of getting from the beginning to the end has to be easier because you've got this more openness. You've got more skills to communicate because the communi- the communication and the clarity is key.
3: Yes. And that would be the hard part for you, wouldn't it, is to to actually to have that group of people. You know, like you've, you've got this chain of people, but if you've got that one stubborn person in the middle, which you have to, you know, you have to get them on board to do the next step. That must be tough then.
1: In certain cases, yes. And also if you provided uh, them, the, the the individual, some winning case, like, so this is a result you will get once you you, you take that, for providing an example of a, a case study or a working product, that way uh uh taking in of your suggestion will be more open. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And I want to pick up on the
0: point Um Victor, that you said comparing um, or you were explaining about small business people just waiting behind the counter. And I think that this is a very different, it's, it's one of the very big differences to having an online business where there is no counter, there is no shingle, there is no walk-bys. And so like in our event business, we pretty much wait for work to come in. We do, We do very little marketing. Yes, we 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 do a good backup service. I have that in place and I have processes to put, you know, check did did everybody, you know, just what's the feedback on what worked, what didn't work, etc. But on an online business, it's like you have to be so proactive. So you, the attitude and the clarity has to come up first before you can put yourself out there. So to be able to have that clarity and have routines in place where you can keep facilitating that clarity on an online business is so much more important, I think, than an offline business. What are your thoughts about that? Oh, is that a question for me? Yeah, because, you know, if you're in an online business, you have no choice. You must stay clear. You must keep reinventing yourself and seeing what the market wants and seeing what they what they need whereas an offline business especially established ones you can to a point just stand behind your counter yep. yeah because you're on a very walk you know you've got people walking past there you know you can going to put your pie over the counter and take your five dollars fifty or whatever it is
1: i do agree in that especially during this time where um most of the business are only allowed for certain type of service like for example, related to your restaurant, like to take take out uh, services, mm-hmm. how do they order the food in in the first place? Can they do it in advance? Can they do it from their website or or uh, an application services or a centralized ordering? Like a for example, uh, open table. You open table was, was used to do the reservation, but for example, there's Uber Eats. There is anything that you can order your food online and take out and pick it up from the restaurant. And that is where the restaurant owner, they can start thinking about how to position themselves online. Maybe not just from a Google perspective, like Google Map has the online presence as well if they put their location. However, how do you want to um, not waiting behind the counter and make yourself available to more more to the people who search uh, for example, Yelp, a lot of young young, young, young generation, they like to go to the Yelp and look at the restaurant nearby and start looking at the food. So there are a lot of uh, value you can explore in terms of helping the restaurant business owner. And I understand that you mentioned it's hard to get them to um, understand what you, from your perspective, which is make it easier for them to market themselves rather than waiting for a word of mouth friends and family to come and visit and you have potentially more business if you put yourself online and i think one of the main factors that people
0: like yelp uber eats you know even you know lots of different businesses but specifically we're talking about restaurants here is that those people i could guarantee have a good attitude they are they take they carve out the time to be creative to see and then analyze what's working and what's not working exactly like you're doing in your projects Felicius is when there's things something not working well then who's going to stand up to be innovative and that innovation normally comes from their own personal skills their personal skills not their business skills and I think, Victor, that's what you're talking about, is some of these people are so stuck in themselves and their old beliefs and their past experiences that they are not able to open up their mind and their body because they don't have those skills, those personal skills.
3: Yeah, definitely.
0: Hmm.
3: And, and what I've seen is that a lot of them don't think that those reviews are that important. Um, yet, as you said, religious, the searching of them Um, like if you, if you're traveling, um, I do exactly what you said. I look for a nice restaurant. So I go into, um, trip advisor, Mm -hmm. look, look at the reviews, pick the restaurant type that I would like first, look at the reviews, say there's six of them. And, and I will make the conscious decision on the reviews. Mm. Yep. And so it's, you know, if you're in that, you can't rely on word of mouth if you're travelling can you you don't know actually, anyone in that town
1: actually reviews is part of the word of mouth yes
3: the review. it is yes. correct it is. Yeah. yeah
1: it's but more they, digital I, it's digital <laughs>
3: yes. yeah uh, i've even had a, another area um this businessman he had some really bad reviews you know quite a few long time ago and i was trying to work with him and try to get his business back up and, and his comment. And I said, look, we've got a problem. I've gone back in these. And because they were single reviews, they really stood out. And, and he just said to me, what's that got to do with it? Just get me up there. And I said, no, sorry. I said, but your reviews are just so critical. If you've got negativity in your business, um, it hurts.
0: Yeah, and that's that's where it shows up of do they have personal skills and that's what you're coming up against in your restaurant, in the area of your restaurant. Yeah. 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 Great, great um, distinction there and I think that that runs across the corporate board and also the small business board. Mila, uh, welcome, Regina. <laughs> we'll let you catch up on some of these conversations because we're just winding this up. Uh, Mila, do you have any questions also to Felicia or anybody or any comments?
2: Yeah, uh, I, I I was suddenly moved by the 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 thing that you said a while ago about you know how you thrive online and and you know how you 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 put yourself out there online. Like for example, me I'm I'm having struggle like like how do I put myself online? I know we we study this with with chowell and and thing, but. Um, right now because I'm, I'm experiencing this uh, pain of loss of my mom and all of my siblings. There's only four of us and all three of them are in the hospital with major operations up and coming about. And it seems like um, the offline business is better because you're not, I feel like if I feel, I, I put myself online now, I feel like, like a plastic person because when you're online you try to be the best person that you are um, you're a so positive person that everything is nice and like this but in my offline business i'm really crushing it but even i'm i'm crying i'm i'm but but my people are are still doing the job that they do and and my clients are you know my clients doesn't even know about it and i'm still I'm mean, still earning, blah, blah, blah. And, and I'm having difficulty how I can put my message out there in online, you know. Uh, yeah, so something about this.
0: Well, I think that there's a big difference, like I mentioned. There's a big difference to you don't have to be so proactive on an offline business. That's what you're saying. But then when you are mm. online, when you have emotional stuff happening or you don't have the skills and then like Felicius explained, like those she was so funny because we both heard the the revision of the of today's very differently but felicia's very well articulated what would be the steps for a for a small business do you want to quickly run through that again felicia's in point form for mila yeah um i
1: was uh, mentioning. sorry that's okay that's okay so so Ultimately, you need to know where your goal is, whether it's your offline business goal or your online goal. And then you work backward through a a process where you start from a branding perspective. And how do you want to position your business offline, online? So if you focus to be offline, it's fine. And eventually you want to branch branch out to online. And then there are small steps to go on. How do you want to um, target the niche of your online business? The message that you craft to your specific target online, and it could be different from your offline market too, because the outreach of your audience is different online. So your message maybe you want to tweaks a little bit how you position your your business online, and then it goes into um, presenting it. How do you present your offer? For example, if you're selling clothes, how do you present your clothes um, online and present your clothes offline? It's a different way of. Uh, Displaying the merchandise, uh, I would say. So that's how you present, and then how you, when you comes to profitability, is actually branding, positioning, and the presentation. It comes hand in hand because you need to reach your right markets, uh, have a right message to to your audience, and that way you get your online group. It, it may be a smaller group than your offline business, but there is still an online. Somewhere you can still uh, capture their interest to get the profit from for your business. I would say the world is big. The digital digital world is even bigger. (laughs) So it depends how you adapt. I think the digital
0: world is huge, but it's also harder because you have to be proactive and you have to be clearer, and you have to have that very stable brand.
1: Yeah, and you need to narrow down your niche too, because if you want to serve everybody anytime anywhere. That's impossible. <laughs> so start one at a time. The smaller, the narrower, the better. And, and then you expand it one by one. Uh, that will serve you better. Yeah. And
0: I think, Mila, you're, you're also talking about your core message to put out there
2: into your online market, right? Yeah, but, um, but I'm more concerned on um, how I really... Put myself out there when you're having this emotional baggage at the back. Like, um, yeah, you have your message, and then you have your niche. But, or uh, uh, example, right now, how you can thrive uh, doing this online, but at the same time handling this um, emotional stress at the side. You know, not not bringing your audience with you. Maybe you, at the start, yeah, you can say. Yeah, condolence to you, blah, blah, blah. And then after a while, you would say again about your brothers and sisters having this and you're scared of them having this disease again. But it cannot go on forever like that. And and basically your problem doesn't go overnight. And and my thing is I have started building the brand and and I have created my messages online already and and I have put down my niche and you know I've started putting out content out there. And when I started putting out content out there, you know, I try to be as lively as I can and positive as I can. But right now, I really put a pause for almost two months now and running three months that I haven't been online because I really have difficulty communicating my message from the heart because it's not really me. And I felt that if I continue doing that, say for three months doing all this negative, because this is what I'm really feeling inside. So I just post and, and stopped messaging and blah, blah, blah. And at, at the same time, I'm really um, thinking about, you know, what about the brand that I, I've started there now, that I now I post it for three months, almost three months now.
0: So I think, and uh, it would
2: be interesting to hear both Regina and
0: Felicia's opinion on this. But for me, um, you know, if life does happen. And horrible things, awful things happen in life. And for me, it's been so important to have key people in my life. So it's what I, um, I'm just going to go back to these notes because I wrote these down wherever that is. But I wrote down the distinctions of the people that I actually have around me. And I know that that, um, for me, this is key. And it has been for a really, really long time. But when I wrote it this morning, where'd I write it? Anyway, I'm going to note off the top of my head. Uh, For me, the key person is I must have people that I can speak to about my personal life. And I must be able to trust those people that what I say to them does not go ever any further. And they are the same for them. So I have confidence that I am heard and that emotions are really really important because awful stuff does happen and so I have three of those people in my life they're all over the world but I have three of them the other thing is is that I don't do everything myself so that I actually have time for me and so I have people who can specifically do the tactical tasks and they don't love my work they they don't They don't do anything apart from what I ask them. They don't think, they're not innovative, they just do the tasks. I send them on the spreadsheet, they do it and they do it at this time and that's it. And I have a team of three. Then the other people that I have in my life is that those, and I have two of them, I have two people that I can actually talk to them about my business and they'll give me honest feedback. So they're the actual key people in my life. And then the other big thing for me is my routines in my morning and my routines at night. Am I meditating? Am I doing my yoga? Am I doing my journaling? Am I doing my grounding? Am I swimming? Am I able to go out for coffee with a girlfriend if I just need to get off the computer? So what are the systems that I have for my personal life so that when I come on here, I was on a stream yard before this, and then I come to Global Women's Voice, I also have a lot of stuff happening right now. But I'm, I feel as if, okay, I can still deliver. It doesn't matter what happens. I can still deliver. I can still be clear in this hour and a half for the people that turn up. Because I have that all happening in the background, I'm not here by myself.
2: Does that help you? Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, I think it really takes uh, self-effort um, to really uh, um, accept these things. And, and, and I'm getting there and I'm trying. That's why I'm trying to show up now in these uh, online Zoom meetings that uh, uh, I think this is my first step to to get back on where I left off. Well, I welcome
0: you and I say congratulations because it's not easy to come out of being hidden because it's much easier to hide. It's more comfortable and it's safer,
2: right? Yeah, that's what I was saying a while ago that in this time of crisis like this where you're having this emotional baggage, it's easier to run the offline business rather than the online business yes it is much easier and at times
0: i would much prefer to go to work and be in the corporate logistics organizing being on site shifting this shifting that helping people to do this because i'm doing
2: stuff yeah it's just like an automatic robotic thing in your mind because you've been doing it for a long time and somebody's also doing the other things yeah but in the online you know you have to care for people and Sometimes it's difficult to care when you have less of that or something like that. Or it's difficult to give, yeah, I think you know what I mean. Well,
0: I think for me what I hear you saying is it's difficult to be compassionate and empathetic when you're taking care of yourself and your siblings in your case Mm -hmm. to be empathetic because you're so busy doing it for yourself no where's the extra space for me so i would really yes, encourage yes, you to carve out some time for yeah you.
2: yeah it seems like my my hands are coughed and my my hearts are full or you no, know, i cannot i cannot or it's empty and i cannot give out anything and you maybe can't give out right now because you're healing
0: Thank you. so what can you do to keep that brand going It may not be getting on live, but it may be doing some postings. Regina, you know, you may have a specific comment about this, because I know that at times you, like me and like all of us, it's difficult to put yourself out there when you have stuff going on. And I think for me, before I I hand it over to Regina, for me, it's like I would not think about your siblings being in the hospital ill, your mum passing away as baggage. For me, it would be a big, what I call flex point in my life and that flex point is a changing transitional stage in your life and forever you are going to recognize that this is an important time and right now you are transitioning from by being in this by you are tr- transitioning from being who you were before all this happened and you're still going through it because you haven't come out of it and I think recognising, like I said to Victor at some point, transition is such an important stage. And in your case, your mum passing and your siblings ill, this is a huge thing. I hope that helps. I really hope that that helps to change the way maybe your mind looks at your daily right now. And I was going to say,
3: Felicia was talking about branding before. Um, you know you can look at rebranding but use someone else you could you doesn't have to be you it can be your ideas can be your voice but someone else you could have someone else do it for you and so that brand becomes you know it, it could be uh, like a cartoon figure or something like that it doesn't have to be a person so that you know you don't if, if the company, if your business because we i don't know what it is but if your business can be that way then that's something else if you don't want to be the face of it because as felicia she's working with big companies and none of those people she works with their faces on the board or on the screen so that's something
1: a logo on the screen so <laughs> yeah you could have the logo on your screen you know
0: i don't think it's as effective I think it's more effective to carve out time for you so you can for hear a while, yeah, hide behind the logo first. Yeah. Yeah. Regina, do you have anything to comment on this? I don't know if you came prepared for this session, but do you have anything to comment about, you know, being able to put yourself out there? Because I think that this is the very point of this conversation is how can we be genuine when we are offline or online?
4: Yeah, it definitely. This um, is This is a huge topic for me. And I think that this is actually a really great opportunity for you to figure out how you can take advantage of it in, you know, in in your favor. Um, First of all, I just wanted to um, apologize. (laughs) Speaking of personal things, there's a bit of um, some frantic stuff going on in the back end, but that's as much as I'm going to say right now. Um, For those of you who are on here, because I came on a very late. I would, I'm happy to give you some extra time outside of the, this if you want to have a conversation. Um, and I will give you my um, information in the chat. But um, the three things that I kind of wrote down for, for what you're talking about, Mila, and it's nice to meet you, Mila, nice to meet you, mm-hmm. Um is any, any old content that you have, too, is you can repurpose any old content and rewrite it in a different way. Um, for if you want to keep the content going, because really, I don't like, I don't know what your business is. But I know that if you just take one piece of your business, you can always expand it out and write it in different ways. That way, you don't have to look for new content. Um, Another thing that came to mind was, um, you know, now you're going through something. And at some point, when you do feel like you can actually really show up, what can you do to leverage that time to be able to create something that's a bit more automated so that later on, and maybe you have that already, that maybe later on you can leverage when you have moments where you just don't want to show up. So I quite often use older photos where I am feeling happy um, or um, where that that can show me that I've been teaching somewhere or something that shows a bit of authority. Uh, And I think that's great. (laughs) That said, you are actually a very real person and people actually really want to see that. And so, there a couple of thoughts came to mind. Was yesterday I actually posted a picture of me just in my regular clothes with, with a bit of a messy background and messy hair. And I said, you know, like with all these great, all these beautiful pictures on Instagram, their great pictures are amazing. But this is what I actually look like during my day. Sometimes, sometimes I don't put makeup on. Sometimes I don't, I don't get out of my pajamas. But I still do my work. You know. So, um, it's a really and not not saying that you have to do that but it's like well what are some stories that you can use to integrate into what you're doing but not necessarily make it sad or um or make it so that you're putting it on other people it's like well you know hey this is what's going on in my life and um this is how i'm able to integrate it in my life and i really want to be able to serve you and so I, there's there's a million different ways for doing it i would love to I mean if you wanted to spend some maybe like 15 to 20 minutes um some other time i can we can even hash it hash it out, but definitely, just it's a great moment to take opportunity, um, take leverage of what's going on, but not necessarily going into deep into the story because people mm. don't necessarily need to know, but they also would like to know that you are human.
0: And I also think they need to, they want to know that you're okay. For me, it's a big thing. A lot of like, I I made probably all of my not quite so in the last year or so, but my, when I first started on Facebook, I used to do Facebook live five days a week and I'd have no makeup on. I'd have a great big floppy hat on and you know, I have lines. I'm I'm not 20. And people used to say to me, I love it that you don't have makeup on and I love it that you're just talking about and showing us the beach. And I haven't put that back in place, but I think one of the things that was really important about that whole period of my, my life is that, I didn't know what I was going to talk about. And I did have stuff going on at different times. And especially last year, I had a huge drama, um, awful thing happened. And it's like people just appreciated knowing that I was okay. I didn't have to tell them like Regina, to say, you don't, they don't, you don't. they don't have to know the details. But I think people want to know that you are okay once you have started to put yourself out there in some form, whether you're branded or whether you're not branded. Felicius,
1: do you have anything to say? Yeah, I would actually like to share something mm. more internally in yourself. Um, I share I share the same feeling with you. I recently lost one of a modelly figure, um, which I love dearly. And... Think from her perspective, what does she want you to become? Does she want you to be stay as is like for three months or longer? Or does she want you to be happy and carry on with your life and so as your siblings? And think from her perspective, because I, I dearly, um respect of how they think about what, what do they want as parents, their children to continue to live on and having to live the life they wanted. So that is more internal process that um, going through. And I think I share the same feeling as, mm. yeah.
0: Thanks, Thanks for mm. Um Regina, did you come prepared with anything
4: to end this off? Because we're pretty much at our end time. Um, I, I did. And I think I can do it in a couple of minutes if Okay. You, Let's hear you from you.
0: Because we talked more corporate with Felicius, and and she had, did some great distinctions. But I'd love to hear your perception from more of a small business.
4: Mm-hmm. Hmm. And I guess also for from like a, a more of a, a I guess I want to say a lifestyle lifestyle brand, um, which there are more and more coming out um, these days now that everybody has access to it. But there's there's an acronym that I just, I just came up with recently that I really I'm kind of starting to put put out there with the podcast that I'm planning. And, um, it's, it's RAP and the R it's really about rising and rising, not in the sense that you want to go higher than you are, but it's really just going from where you are and just going somewhere. Even if you feel like you're in the dust, if you feel like you can't even move, it's like, well, once you do move, you might get another perspective. And once you start doing that, it's, it's almost like when you're flying a plane, you can't you won't be able to read, uh, recalibrate where you are, know the specific direction where you're going until you actually start going somewhere. So you can't refine yourself if you don't know where you are at the moment. Um, and that really goes into a, which is being able to access the, excuse me, access the tools, um, inside of you. And that really is a bit, I think of what Felicious was talking about with, um, you know, knowing who you are, knowing who your audience is. And then once you really kind of understand who your audience is and who you are and then you're able to kind of figure out what kind of journeys that you can put you can put together so that you can align your journey with um with their journey um, and then p is to play and that means it can be anything you want it to mean but it's really taking those tools and playing with them and really it's in in the online space and anywhere it's just Experimenting what actually works for you, taking the tools that you're learning and, and saying, does this work? You know, put it in place. Emulate emulate um, someone who's already doing what you're wanting to do, and seeing if that works for you. And then if that's actually working for you, then modifying it so it actually fits your personality and your brand. If it doesn't, if it doesn't fit, throw it away. Go back to another tool. But a lot of it is just moving from where you are. And sometimes you can't move because maybe you're, especially right now, you're in a place where, um, you know, maybe you just need to sit for a while. And one of the things that I love with Dai is, one of uh, one of the things that she says is, um, oh gosh, is when you're actually stopping, is you're just, oh, I forgot the, what's the specific term that you use? Is you're just really letting all the ideas coming to you. And it's the best thing you know, when you're, um, if you notice, notice with Dai, she's got, notebooks everywhere, right? Capture I have to capture ideas, notebooks and post-it notes. So it's like, cause you could be outside walking around. Uh, maybe you can be walking to, to the hospital. Maybe you're driving in your car to see who, you know, another sibling, um, wherever they are. And you're gonna have an idea you're not going to be able to put all of the ideas together, but maybe you have your phone or you have something that you can write it down quickly and go back and look at it later. So you're just capturing all these ideas so that when you're ready to show up, then you can put those ideas together and connect, connect your dogs. So, (laughs) so yeah, that's it in a nutshell.
0: That's beautiful. And I think that um, that was really one tool that I found when my niece died last year is that, I had my post-it notes everywhere because it was such a dark time and how could, you know, a young woman die and leave a small child that I had so many post-it notes. No, My pile of post-it notes in many places in my life, in my car, in my office, in my bedroom and in my bathroom was the biggest that it ever was because I just have glimmers of this is what I was doing. This is how I could do it. This is a this is a distinction that I could be sharing with somebody or something. And Mila, that 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 just one, that strategy may work for you because your brain is still, it's still trying to get through the pain. Your body's coming through the pain. And it will give you these sparks. And so like Regina just said, to be able to catch those sparks is so powerful because when you do want to turn up and you go, gee, I think I can do this, I think I can do this, I think I can do this, you go blank. But then if you've actually got some structure and system in place, I found a huge thing. And as I keep saying, my meditation and being able to meditate specifically for me to be able to breathe and really just be in my body is a big, big, big one for me.
4: You'd be surprised of how much of a genius you are when you go back and you look at your notebooks and you're like, oh, wow, did I really write that?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, And I think it is about acknowledging that genius. But while the darkness is happening and the pain is happening and you feel emotionally, it's stuck. It's it's hard, but our body is trying to rise above that, as you say, Regina. You know, it's like what Felicius was saying is you know that somebody will come back with some feedback if you are able to ask those questions in a way that people feel really safe to be able to give those answers. So, Melia, how can you facilitate yourself so you feel safe to be able to receive those answers? So what are people taking away? It's too, We've got two minutes to go. What are, what are you taking away from this session? Because we really were very corporate and some beautiful articulation from Felicia of so actually how she facilitates beginning to end. And then we've, we have actually brought in some very metaphysical, even woo-woo stuff. So what are, you, what are you taking away? What can you take away and use today from this conversation?
2: Yeah, I think for me is that um, no matter what, just show up and take those baby steps as what Felicius was talking about. And as long as you know who you're talking to and just show up and just put it out there. I think it's easier to hide behind the logo at this time. Yes. But uh, I think it's really inevitable that you really have to show your face on the front. So I think this is really key to monetization. And this is what we are hearing, right? We really like to monetize this. We are not doing it just for the fun of doing it. Yeah. So that's, that's my key takeaway from this session.
0: That's fantastic. And I hope that you're thank taking you. away a sense of bigness and purpose from today. Yeah.
3: Thank you.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for showing up. Who else is taking away anything from today
3: um you know you said before that people want to know that you're well that you're okay and i certainly agree with that um like really agree with it and i i remember back there the other year with di that you know we got concerned because all of a sudden she disappeared you could tell the language and you know you know, it's like, you know, when your kids are sick or something like that, you're not well, or your partner, you know, you ask them the questions, How are you? Yeah, great. Well, you know, they're not. So I, I really believe that, um, you know, you maybe owe it to, you know, you owe it to your customers, you owe it to your friends and the people who are following you that let them know how you are. Um, and as Joel, you know, um, quite, no, he, Joel, I don't know. Do you Miller, that, um, you know, he makes that, that sort of comment. You've got to let them know. Um, so they can feel you. Um, the other thing I just quickly want to say was that what some people do out there is they say to themselves, I'm going to do this when, uh, and I'm going to do this when this happens. And what happens is they come to a hurdle and they say, when I get over this, I'm then going to do that. But what happens in life is that there's another hurdle. And then they say to themselves, when I get over this, I'm then going to do that. And then, and it just continues every year, every month, whatever it is, there's always going to be another hurdle. And that's what you've got to get over. Um, So, yeah, that was something I was going to say. And with Felicia, what she was talking about, I guess it doesn't matter what size company is; it's the same issue, whether or not you're talking to corporate or small. It's um, getting over that person, um, and I'd have to have a—you know—I'm going to have to rethink of how do I, you know, how do I get over, get around those people who, with that ideas, to convince them that to look, even if it's not my, even if they don't take me up, but they should actually look at what. What makes their business better and whether or not it is, you know, um, commercializing it, whether or not it's just making it more simple, because that's some of the things we talked about with dialogue in the last course was just making things simple for your customers, obviously for you as well. But it's important for that. And um, automating, you know, to make it the, 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 these new technology, new apps, that it is better for them. Um, and also, you know, get that because a lot of people think that, um, and, you know, in marketing that they are the customer, whereas we are not the customer. We don't think like the customer. So we don't, you know, so we make decisions for the customer, but not as a customer. So, yeah. Thanks, Victor. That's great.
1: Love it. I can go next. Yes, please, I should, Felicia. I share the same takeaway that you mentioned about um, to let them know you're okay. And yeah, I, I mean, I start putting live actually at my first and second attempt live video on uh, Streamyard just by showcasing what have I been uh, stressing about because I'm living by myself in a foreign land, and and I'm pretty sure my family and friends kind of worry about me not showing up or, or even posting on their Facebook, whatever. But I tend to just walk around my house and show them about what's broken because I have a water damage leakage and <laughs> have other things going on. So that is the one point where I was talking about. Just show them where you are, your status, and whether or not they watch it, at least they know that you're alive and talking about something, even if it's a stressful thing to talk about. be yourself i think this is a whole conversation be yourself generally whether it's online or offline you are your own brand and you carry yourself um well wherever you go yeah yeah and make an effort
0: you know just try to make an effort like for me at the beach i would make sure that i had you know, the sun in the right way and holding my phone and I'd have a hat on. And I mean, that's as much effort I used to make at the beach. But for you know, now I go, do have do put makeup on. I do put a nice jacket on. You yeah, know, a pair of tracksuits on and I'm barefoot. But I have made an effort to show up in a way that I want to be seen. And that actually then helps my energy. It helps me to go over the hump. Because people do want to know that you're okay. People do want to know that you're a normal human being. Because you are your brand. Yeah, I think that you know that's really the biggest thing for me. Also, Felicia, I think that's what we've talked about. Even your, you know, your whole thing about taking people from A to B, getting them from, you know, a, a physical ticket to an e-ticket—that example and all your work that you do. Your key takeaway has been: be yourself. You know, and you obviously do a very, very, very good job in the corporate world of facilitating people to be themselves. Thank you. Mm.
4: Regina, what are you taking away? Um, I know I can contact Felicia for the offline stuff because that's part of uh, something new that I'm doing because I've been mostly digital for so long so it's really nice to see that variety and this from the conversation that I've captured is the similarities um, of both offline and online
0: yeah absolutely the similarities but also the differences the sim- yeah definitely yeah
4: and that we're not alone
0: and that we're not alone I think that's a yeah. really big thing mm.
4: yeah
0: you know just showing up like Mila did today
2: is a big thing so that you don't feel that you're alone yeah, thank you. And by the way, Felicia, my 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 offline business is I tackle corporate clients in in Philippines, but the online thing is I'm building a brand for myself to tackle the individual people. So that's why it's two different things. and that's why I'm having this identity crisis too. At the same time, having this we uh, have a similar
1: baggage. we have a similar direction. Yeah, similar. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. why um, <laughs> talking to you all of.
2: Talking to all of you now, it seems like uh, as what Dai was saying that um, you must have this kind of people in, in your life so that whatever, whatever happens, you know, someone is pushing you <laughs> to do these things because they also rely, either, either they rely on you like, you know, my, my people are here, my staffs, so they rely on me for for the food, for their family. So I still have to show up to them as you know, as the employer, something like that. But at the same time, for online thing, I have to show up as what Victor was saying to to owe it to your audience, you know, to let them know that I'm okay. Uh, But first thing is, how to let them know I'm not okay. (laughs) I'm I'm getting there, I'm I'm, I'm really getting there and I'm really trying hard, you know, as die what you thought about you, you take some effort to, to, to put it out there yeah yeah thank you thank you
0: thank you everybody for being here it's been a great conversation the huge variety in this conversation and how we were able to weave all our very different backgrounds to come up with one very common takeaway was we need to be ourselves
1: absolutely
0: so has anybody else got anything else to say before we go thank you very much for everybody being here no great um thank you um our next global women's voices i said it right at the beginning it's next thursday we don't have a break it's next thursday because we're starting to run into christmas i have my holiday breakthrough webinar at 11 next tuesday so join me on that and i just would love to have more contact with everybody it's just an awesome way to be able to support me and then for me to be able to support you so yeah Thank you, everybody, for being here. And I'll see you next week or uh, unless I see you on my webinar on Tuesday. Thank you. Thank you, Felicia, for your great distinctions today. Thank you. Thank for you, Thank you on my own for coming. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Bye for Bye. now.
1: Bye.
3: Bye.